0: So welcome back to Star Wars therapy. (laughs) All right. So first off, we should start this one off with, I think, a Star Wars improv sentence. Are you ready? Oh, no. All right. So wait, improv sentence, in which case, like you say something. So I'm going to say I'm going to start out. Then Alex, you're going to say a word. And then Caleb, you're going to say a word. And we're going to keep looping back around until this feels like a a coherent thought. All right. That will take a while. That will will be the whole podcast. (laughs) All right. Okay. let's do this. Uh, First word, clones. Troopers. Clones troopers? Yes,
1: you heard what I said. I thought about it before, and I stick by it. Clones troopers
0: are my least
1: problematic fetish. (laughs) I regret nothing.
0: Well, there we go. We have it. (laughs) That's an intro, baby, in the books.
1: And now it's time to go to therapy.
0: But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Obi-Wan! Raider.
2: You are lucky they want you alive. I don't care if you have tuberculosis. Welcome back to Star Wars Therapy, the show where we talk about Star Wars and life. I just realized you're wearing a demon slayer shirt and it distracted me for a moment.
0: I'm sorry, I didn't mean to distract you as you looked deeply into my eyes this time. Thank you, know, you for doing I that. Th- I thought you were about that to say I'm sorry,
1: I didn't mean to wear a demon slayer shirt. <laughs> I know how you I'm feel so, about demons. I'm sorry. Slayer. I in fact
0: don't care if you have tuberculosis. <laughs> <laughs>
2: may have given me my answer to the question for next week's episode which is do you have
1: tuberculosis <laughs> general <laughs> more, grievous
2: more accurately does steven care if i have tuberculosis no no not at all, all I right. care. <laughs> uh, by the way i'm caleb i'm steven and i'm alex and we're just three buds talking about star wars trying to do so in a wholesome and loving way uh steven what's our topic this episode
0: well, the topic for this episode is something that is deeply nostalgic to me. It's maybe maybe my most nostalgic Star Wars memory, except for, like, seeing the movies in the theater. And that is the 2000s 2D animated Clone Wars series done by Jendi Tarkovsky, which was the guy who did Samurai Jack. And we were talking about this a little bit, and you two had kind of said that you had seen just parts of it, like, here and there. I'm not sure if I've seen any of it, or if I've just seen, like
2: stills from it and stuff and know the designs
0: what about you alex
1: i had seen parts of it like way back in the day i don't have any memories of it other than like it existing it was something that i always knew was there but i never actually partook in it well
0: to be honest that's kind of something i've found that a lot of people deal with when it comes to the series and that's because of the way it was released which i want to go over real quick on disney plus it's split up into two volumes there's volume two which is when they started to get more like 10 15 minutes to let the stories breathe and then in the first volume it was much more like not even kidding like two three minutes max so the big problem with when it came out was that it would come out in these little two to three minute little uh just things many episodes yeah yeah like little mini episodes which You know, really cool, but at the same time, it was hard to keep track of like where everything was going because there were like two to three minutes and then you would just go on and watch like Teen Titans or something, which I do remember making it a point to try and watch this every single time it came out and now that it's on disney plus in like this really convenient way where it's just all of these things just strung together you kind of get more of a through line which is why i like this viewing experience way more than when i was a kid like seriously it was so hard to keep up with Mm
1: -hmm. what
2: was your reaction as a kid do you remember anything
0: uh well like i said i didn't really partake
1: other than knowing that it existed Going back to that three-minute thing, though, I had an interesting experience with this because I actually tried to watch it on my own before we talked about bringing this up as a podcast idea. Mm -hmm. And I got through, like, maybe a third of the first episode where they were all just, like, those tiny episodes. Yeah.
0: And it felt... Disjointed. Yeah, disjointed, disconnected.
1: And so, like, I I put it down. And for whatever reason, like, two nights ago, I think, like, you can watch it, like, evolve and get more consistent as it goes on. Definitely. To where it does actually become, like, a really well-rounded... Story.
0: Yeah, the first volume definitely feels like they were holding back a little bit and feels kind of like, you know, they're like, hey, we have this style and we have Star Wars. Like, let's do things that are a little bit more obvious and draw on some of the imagery that was there in the prequels. Whereas, Mm -hmm. like, the second volume really gets into, okay, now it's episode 2.5. Like, you know, this is leading up to Revenge of the Sith.
2: I think this is going to be an interesting conversation because I had the opposite reaction where I was really on board for the first half. And then Hmm. as there was more character and plot focus, I started to engage less. Really? Interesting. And I I imagine we'll talk more about that when we get to the second half. But how do we want to format this conversation? Do we want to kind of talk about linearly or just talk about like bounce back and forth about best things, worst things?
0: Well, I guess the first question would just be like, you know general reaction like what did you guys think because i'm curious because this is something that i hold pretty near and dear so starting it back up after a few month long
1: hiatus i was surprised that i was immediately brought back into it because the epi- the part of the first episode where i stopped i come back and they're fighting some character that looks like a knight it's oh, weird oh yeah, yeah I and know then what you're talking about. and then just the funniest things start happening where like clone troopers get on speeder bikes put down their blasters <laughs> and grab like <laughs> a giant turret and just start shooting. no 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 <laughs> no not no, the no shot
0: i'm talking about though yeah
1: i know what you're talking about that's not what i'm that's oh, what okay. i'm saying though they get like lances and they start jousting uh ig droids oh yeah and it, was, it instantly brought me back because i was just like this is creative kind of dumb and really funny and i'm all for it all of the things i (laughs) love when star wars is yeah (laughs) and then it was and then just like from there like the rest of that first episode i was like all right this is this is good it's funny it's or and it's like it's genuinely entertaining too Mm -hmm. and then just like episode two i was like okay this is actually like pretty solid yeah (laughs) i was like oh i missed out on this
0: (laughs) although i would argue you have the advantage of being able to look at it all together now like i said that, that viewing order really just makes it so disjointed to watch Mm -hmm. it's it's nice to have a bunch of little vignettes that are just kind of like thrown together but they still have somewhat of a through line yeah yeah like there's escalation in terms of the action which is really nice so i'd say overall it was a really positive experience i'm glad i'm glad caleb
2: so it took a little bit of getting used to and i think the main thing there was because you're going from characters who i'm used to seeing in live action Mm. or even the clone wars which is you know, more realistic into these very highly caricatured um, versions of them. Now, as I settled into that, I started to enjoy it more and more. But there is like just a moment where you're like, wow, Anakin just looks like a Chad Wojak. <laughs> like every expression Obi-Wan makes is every expression anyone makes in this is extremely memeable. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. Alex sent us a great oh, great
0: picture, but oh, it's so weird. I was watching that part last night. i made and me so it's, happy. It's just the part where it was like, Padme's like, Yoda, you can't go alone. Me and my sexy Barbie doll like outfit that I have for the evening. And then I don't know what she... What does she say? Do you I remember? don't remember.
1: I remember thinking it wasn't... Like, it was kind of serious, but it wasn't too serious. And then Yoda, like... That's not him that that photo I sent y'all is not like him in the middle of saying something. No, he it's just his reaction. He, yeah. he always he always like looks, looks at her and he just, he just opens his Aww. mouth. Huh?
2: <laughs> he always looks like he has the two most important emotions of a human being. Anger and confusion. <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: it has so many of those memeable moments, definitely. It's
2: that photo, which I'll post on my Instagram uh, for people who are curious about it. It looks like he just asked her, where do you want to go for dinner? And she's like, you know, ever since my mom died,
0: (laughs) he goes, oh, hungry I am. No time for this I have.
2: (laughs) But once I got past that, I I just really enjoyed the heightened excess of everything. How everything is cranked up to 11
0: Yeah, um, Mm -hmm. in a
2: way that you couldn't get you couldn't do in live action convincingly but also just people wouldn't buy. Tchaikovsky is known for his action and he definitely takes full advantage of that here. I really like how there's a lot of stretches where there is no dialogue. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, especially that first clone mission where they're sneaking into the the bank city. Oh
0: yeah, that's it, a great sequence. It
2: reminds me of the beginning of Batman the Animated Series where uh, he's just finding those two goons, and it's kind of like that where it's just it's pure s- narrative or visual storytelling. Yeah, um, and so yeah, I I ended up like comfortably getting into it and enjoying it. Um, engaging a little bit less as the plot and characters kicked in just because that's not why I was enjoying about it. That's not why I was getting out of it, but
0: not enough that I completely disengaged. I think this is pretty true to the characters. Like I would say Anakin and Obi-Wan have honestly better banter in this than they do in the entirety of the other two movies. And it kind of sets you up for what you get. In Revenge of the Sith, there's a little moment where they just have, like, a laugh in this tent before they have to go and do the reconnaissance mission. And it's just kind of nice to be like, oh, yeah,
1: they were friends. Oh, are you talking about the scene where... uh Anakin comes back with food. Yes. And then Obi Wan's like, wait, where did you get this? Like, We've been alone here for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like It's like, how did you get through the shield? Oh, there's this little tunnel. <laughs> yeah, I, I
0: love that little moment because that's such an Anakin and Obi Wan thing to do. And I think that if anything, you know, this series, I think, planted the seeds of what would make Star Wars the Clone Wars like three D animation series so great. Um I like too, they introduced like a lot of things that we don't We didn't get to see before Asajj Ventress. This is her first ever appearance in anything. General Grievous. Same thing. Yeah, I know. (laughs) She looks so terrifying. She's (laughs) all one color. (laughs) Like, like some people look hot topic. She looks straight Spencer's. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean.
1: there are the
2: cool goths who you want to hang out at the party and then there are the cool goths who you hope stay in their
0: shadowy corner smoking menthols even though you're not supposed to smoke in the room and they're just like i don't care
1: killing rats with their dual red lightsabers
2: (laughs) it not only fills out these character interactions and stuff and introduces things but it also fills out like the legend of the jedi more Mm -hmm. like the the mace windu thing where he's fighting a billion droids who have the most hilarious weapon, which is just a ship that drops a big metal cylinder. Ooh, yep. <laughs> I made a note to like
1: bring this up. I love that.
2: <laughs> it's so like it's dark, but it's also really funny. And I felt bad about laughing because it's like all these clones just dying, but it's dying the most comedic
1: death possible. Honestly, yeah. Well, the- <laughs> it's because it's this it's this massive, like hovering, like almost vertical sand crawler looking thing. And it just has this thing that just comes out of nowhere and just crushes like a hundred at a time. <laughs> well, and
2: I was thinking when like it's flying up, I'm like, what if they just landed it and crushed everyone? And then this big cylinder drops. And I was <laughs> like, you're
0: not wrong. Do you guys think like since Palpatine was like manipulating both sides of the war that he just got really stupid about some of these designs? And we're just like, guys, if they don't understand our approach, they won't be able to predict it. So why don't we just get... What is literally a giant floating meat cleaver and just whomp, whomp, just a bunch of times. And I love that. What well, I was
2: meaning to say there was like Mace Windu's jumping around. He's doing Kung Fu. He's destroying super battle droids with just his fist. Yeah, that there's, was so funny. There's a guy a, 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 like a side character I named Bucket Hat Benny who's just this kid watching cat? him. Yeah. And like <laughs> it Bucket felt Hat like... <laughs> And it felt like like okay, this kid is just in reality he's just seeing Mace Windu like kill a couple droids, right? But in his head, and he's gonna go back and he's gonna tell all his friends about it, and that's how like the legend of the Jedi spread,
0: and that's cool. What I do like is that subtly, what it does is that it gives you this very limited perspective of a bunch of different scenarios going on at this time and I think that that leads to for fans of every type of action sequence you could possibly imagine, this has something for them. Underwater sequence, you got Kit Fisto, which is probably the coolest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Especially at the time that expanded, for me, my understanding of Star Wars. I'm like, I didn't know lightsabers could work underwater. I Mm -hmm. didn't know that at all. That's awesome.
2: And he's using the force to water bend.
1: Yes. It's it's so cool. I have a positive, like, going... Pretty much directly off of that, like specifically with that Kid Fisto episode, mm-hmm. that's an episode that was like more or less recreated in the 3D Clone Wars. Yeah. I think they was knew like, how good that was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they had like the, it was, and like, it was the same like factions and everything. And it was a civil war. Mm-hmm. and It's just and, spread out. Like yeah, yeah, over yeah.
2: three episodes.
1: Yeah. And so it's just like. It was enjoyable to see how it all comes around. It's, I don't know it's how to good, tie this off. It good. It's good. You see, I hate sounding like that, but I'm also like, oh, I've, I've kind of run out of stuff get, to say about that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm yeah. I'm running out of track. I know? have a point to make. I make it, and I don't know how to do this, how to leave this, so I'm just going to go.
2: <laughs> well, as was well, Alex gets in his car and drives away, what I like about that is that it's very interesting to see like, such a an unique animator have such like a driven vision of Star Wars mm-hmm. because all other Star Wars is dictated by a singular brand identity this is the most unique star wars thing out there except maybe if you get into some of the comics
1: uh also i would say ewoks caravan of courage oh, is very true. unique true Thank you. yes i i, I did, would argue uh, i did uh,
2: ewoks repress. battle I, for joe pesci i did repress i'm sorry um <laughs> what i find interesting is that they were able to take that vision and turn it into the clone wars which is much more like i think stylistically anonymous and much more in line with that brand integrity like i'm just interested in how they made the transition from such a like a unique weird thing to like an actual series with a story that went on for five seasons and like arguably has more fans than the majority of the movies
0: yeah i would argue that most people would would agree that both this and the 3d clone wars is the best they're, they're the best things to come out of the prequels oh yeah what i like what you were talking about with like the art style and stuff it looks like a weird mix between like um african like tribal art and And then I want to say like some classic like Japanese. Um, And what I like about those is that it lends itself to kind of like that cave painting exaggeration, which we get to see some of in this actually. What I like about that is that when you hear about the Clone Wars in the original trilogy, it is this very mysterious thing. Like I have no idea A, why it's called that. B, what happened, you know, what the gravity of the situation was. But what I really like is that it, paints the abstracts and it allows you to, you know, really make these characters into more exaggerated caricatures of what they are. And I think that that adds help to, you know, you even said about spreading the Jedi legend, you know, to me, this feels like folklore, like Jedi folklore, (laughs) you know, like what if that little kid is like... You know, what would you call him again? Bucket, Bucket hat Benny. Benny yeah. Bucket hat Benny. <laughs> you know, what if he tells his kids one day, like, you know, about him seeing Mace Windu just slay a bunch of droids and stuff and how heroic that was. And all he could offer him was a little bit of water. Like yeah. that to me was like, oh, that's like the kind samurai coming to like save a little town or something like that. Mm-hmm. That to me is what sticks out about the series that I love is that it feels like that. Mm hmm. That's true. I didn't really think about it like that.
2: And this is a consistent thing throughout what I've seen of Tchaikovsky is that both in this and in Samurai Jack, in my understanding in his show Primal, he is so focused on short bursts of action mm-hmm. but how he can tie that into like archetypical like emotion. And I think you yeah. get that there. Both to positive like the mace windu scene basso like a negative i think the yoda going to um rescue barris and the other jedi
0: i know who you're Uh, talking about yeah luminara
2: i really like their fight scene but then when yoda gets there i'm just like okay cool he's fine droids blah 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 but then he has this scene where he just goes in and he lifts the rocks and i'm like that is cooler than anything he did to those droids
0: one of the things i do want to point out is that i I kind of love the sense of humor that's in this show. I love the little moments. I don't know if you guys noticed. So at the end of volume two, when they're like trying to save Palpatine and the one Jedi with like the four throats, you know what I'm talking about yeah, like the, yeah, yeah. if you look very closely they're waiting for Grievous to get there and it's like really scary and the build up's great. At and one point he keeps, point, the he, keeps yeah, he keeps pressing the elevator door like this thing better come. But he looks I exact- didn't pick up on that. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, he's like looking <laughs> off like really serious like I'm about to have to shout a bunch but then he just starts going tick
2: tick tick at the door.
0: I love little moments like that. I love uh I love Shaggy he was a great Jedi. Uh, Jedi. I was going to bring up Shaggy. Can, yeah, canonically, he is called Shaggy, he is by Shaggy. The yeah.
1: <laughs> he's the only Jedi that has a beard that is just a bunch of sticks poking out. <laughs> yeah, and has a green lightsaber, yeah. which I'm like, eh, of course he would. But see, well, like- He's also the
0: first to die by green.
1: Well, yeah, because if
0: Shaggy was a Jedi, that's what would happen.
1: <laughs> like Zoinks, Scoop. There's like like Zoing, a giant Scoop. robot general over there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, was that Yoda or Scooby? The question remains. I mean, unanswered. was mine
1: shaggy or morty? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, Scoop. <laughs>
2: but if we can slide into negatives here, that does lead into one of my negatives where yeah. I do think this has really good comedy, especially in scene like action scenes. However, when it's not an action scene, it doesn't have good comedy because that comedy is coming from C3PO. People like to hate on C3PO. I've never been one of those people. I yeah. like he's fine he's supposed to be kind of the annoying doofus here every time he came on screen i was like oh God please just get on with it
0: uh, with the exception of one which I love and I like to call it the sloppy saxophone scene um, <laughs> Alex wants oh, to talk great. about this yeah, yeah. okay cool like, I, sp- I
1: was specifically gonna bring this up yeah because Anakin and Padme they they get like their little like hide in a dark alley, alley so that we can like meet and like professor love and all that and then C-3PO walks in wearing a robe and he's like guys I'm gold now as he ba-wan, starts yes
0: ba-wan, it's
1: it's almost exactly that, where he just starts a strip sequence. Yeah.
0: It's your new gold plating.
2: Gold
1: plating?
0: Oh, yes. In the service of a senator, one must be presentable. Well, let's see it. Yeah, now, in this neighborhood. Very <laughs> anyway, if you wish.
1: Impressive. Most impressive. And it is like, what? Like,
2: and that's that's the moment where I could not imagine watching this like week to week cuz what if that was just the entire episode. You are so excited to see Anakin like kill some droids.
0: All right. Can I can I be real? Yeah. I I remember watching that as a kid and when the horns came on like And he's like holding it like, oh, let me just unveil a little bit. I remember as a kid being so uncomfortable and going like, I hope to God my parents don't walk in. It's like when you're playing Kingdom Hearts as a kid and then you have to get to like the sing-along parts with Ariel. And you're like, please, God, nobody walk in the room right now because this is stupid. Even as a kid, you're like, I
1: hope my parents don't watch The Little Mermaid. I'm
0: so genuinely disturbed just saying that. I, I do under, understand like, you know, some of that humor kind of just being like typical Star Wars fair. And uh I do like that Anthony Daniels just voices C three PO in literally everything. You wanna know something really great about C three PO? Yes, yeah. I do. Anthony Daniels has been fighting for this character to do something have you guys ever known that no literally in, no, the movies, that. <laughs> in the other movies in the other movies you know anthony daniels would go up to george lucas and be like well what if what if c 3 Bo could do this and then he literally would just show him down and be like no he's always scared <laughs> that's this character he's always scared and then he goes well what about this this thing for c 3 Bo?" and he literally would like wave his hand down and be like he's always scared That's this whole thing. And then in Rise of Skywalker, Anthony Daniels finally was like, I know what he could do. He could sacrifice all of his memories and be a blithering idiot for the last 30 minutes. And then someone went, okay. And that's the difference. George Lucas knew when to say no. 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 (laughs) Ironic. Because no one knew how to say no to him. (laughs) He, he is programmed to
1: be a little bitch. No. <laughs> no. No, you can't do that.
0: I want some mashed potatoes. Does anyone have any mashed potatoes on
2: set? Why is mashed potatoes always your go-to? Is this because a reference to Because look at something? George
0: Lucas. Can you not think of mashed potatoes? I do. <laughs> what? Wait, wait, wait. Look wait, at wait, that man and then tell me the words mashed potatoes don't come to mind. He's mashed I, potatoes the person. How 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 so? All right, Just let's try this. Him. I'm going to pull up Lucas. his IMDb. No. So
2: I'm looking at a picture of George Lucas, and yeah, no, I can't see it, buddy. Well, when your I feel like get you had
0: to pull up a picture. Well, when <laughs> your sweet. third eye opens like mine has, you'll see the truth, okay? <laughs> George Lucas equals mashed potatoes. Thank you.
1: Pleasure is short-lived. It uh, lasts an hour, lasts a minute, lasts a month. On the other hand is joy, and joy is new pillsbury instant mashed potatoes back on top good
2: but that does bring me to talking about the voice cast you did mention anthony daniels he is the only person to uh reprise his role in this although there are some very talented people who mimic the voices of the people um what did y'all think about that obviously some people would return for the clone wars some people wouldn't
0: i think it was pretty spot on i think that if anything the voice acting wasn't perfect obviously i i don't think that especially in a show that isn't necessarily dialogue driven but what i like about it is that every voice adds to this caricature of this character i don't know it, it's exaggerated in all the right ways i think one of the best examples is palpatine palpatine is just like swooningly evil in this and he's just like i do think that anakin would be very well suited to go do this and meanwhile his fingers are crinkling like like someone's taking his pens on like a piece of wood like And I really love that, but also it's like, obviously, I think maybe the worst voice that I don't mind necessarily is Anakin. Really? Yeah, because he sounds a whole lot like Hayden Christensen.
1: He was the only one I was going to... Bring up as like actually having a notable thought. I was actually impressed by how much he did sound like him.
0: Oh, yeah. I just don't like Hayden Christensen.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's so that's fair. (laughs) Well, no, but I was, but like when I heard him, I had to like actually look it up and question it. Like, did they somehow get him to do this? Yeah, I think this is
2: one of these uh situations where it's better to cast someone. Maybe not who just sounds like the person because to me it was distracting how much he sounded like That's my point. he was just Mm -hmm. a little off. Is it Matt Lanton who usually does it?
0: Yeah, he's done it for everything since 3D Clone Wars came out.
2: I also just think he's better and because he's with James Arnold Taylor, I'm expecting to hear that voice. So it's just a little distracting. Obviously not the fault of the Clone Wars because it came out before. Landon ever voiced Anakin, right? But just mm-hmm. coming back to it, it's it's just one too many like little gripes I have with Matt Lucas's version. Yeah, I you know, mean that's fair.
0: I'm definitely with you because it's like you know at some points he just has too much of that whiny Anakin. Of course, master. I don't understand why our love has to be forbidden. But yeah, I, I think some of them worked. I don't like the voice that they gave to uh, to Padme, because Padme just... Gray Griffin,
2: was... who also voices every other female character.
0: Yeah, including all of... Including the women and children like of that alien race that they go to visit. That's not all just the her. women. Yeah. But the but children. The
1: children. <laughs> and the children, too. I freed their husbands. <laughs> they were animals. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, it... Like, that voice to me was so distracting because she just has permanent baby voice syndrome. I'm fine with her her Padme because I do think it sounds enough like
2: Natalie Portman, but it's different enough. I think her Ventress is pretty good.
0: Ventress, yeah, I think that's great. It's just oozing with evil.
2: By the time you get to Shakti, you're like, could you really have not found a third...
1: Or like another, yeah,
2: actress. It's like Helen Young Justice, Kari Payton plays every black. Oh my character.
1: god! Yes, yeah. Going back to Grey Griffin, does she play? Uh, does she play Ventress in three D Clone Wars too? I believe so. I, I think, think never. I think double she plays, it makes so much sense now that I think about it, but like for some reason that never ever crossed my mind. Yeah, I think that but she I hear plays it
0: Ventress, and then I think the guy who plays Duku in this also played Duku in the three D Clone Wars. I want to yeah, say that. Yeah, that voice sounds. Yeah, very Corey familiar. Burton. Yeah, he did. Corey Burton. Okay, yeah. yeah. And, oh, also, that's Corey Burton?
2: Yeah. But oh, I wow. thought I thought that was Christopher
0: Lee. Like he is so good. He's mm-hmm. very good. And that's kind of what I mean too. Like that's an exaggerated version of Count Dooku. But it also is just oozing with what makes Count Dooku Count Dooku. I appreciate the fact that this series took full advantage of the fact that it is animated what are the cool things we can do okay cool what if there was an actual attack on coruscant droids actually attacking the city and seeing you know mace windu and a bunch of clones and uh even yoda like Mm. trying to help out and getting to see uh mace windu's like purple starship that he has yeah like, i love that <laughs> i God love that <laughs> so much but then he goes and he takes a droid's head off and is like i'm gonna use these wires as a lasso and he's just like flying next to people like it fully takes advantage of that
1: i mean and we even saw it earlier like uh it was that scene where just It was on Coruscant, I think. Yoda just lifts up like 200 super battle droids. Yep. Like with a stupid amount of ease. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like he just handled it and it's just like, all right, that's a bit much. But also, dang it, that's cool.
2: It's heightened excess, but in a very
0: entertaining way. Absolutely. Like, Mm
2: -hmm. especially, and I'm surprised we haven't got there yet, uh, talking about Grievous, when the... Clones get. Well, everything with Grievous is heightened excess, but when the clones arrive to like save the named Jedi, uh, because all the. uh, Yeah, all the unnamed Jedi are already dead. um, They just lay into him, and it's like a solid minute of just blasting away with heavy blasters. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So. Uh, follow up on that and i do apologize that i'm talking so much it's just i i I love this yeah stop talking okay Okay.
2: this is not why i invite you to the podcast i want you to sit in the corner like a good boy
1: you do what i do for hot trash unlimited and just pick a third seat and sit there while they record (laughs) until we can talk about bon jovi Welcome back to Bon Jovi Therapy. I'm your host, Alex. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but um, what were we talking about? What was the thing you just mentioned? We well, just talked about uh, Grievous. The- Grievous. Okay, yeah. yeah. So the end of the first volume is when we get Coyote Mundi and all the Jedi like about to face Grievous, mm-hmm. and then Grievous takes off everyone except for Coyote Mundi. There was a gap of time. Between Volume One airing and Volume Two airing, so that's where it ended for me as a kid for a little bit. Because you know, when you're a kid and you don't have the internet, you're like, "Is it coming back?" Yeah, you you don't know. And then to have the first scene of the next volume be these clone troopers from their perspective, and be like, "Okay, cool, well, we're gonna go try and find him." And Coyote Moody is now like shirt ripped everyone else is gone and he's just desperately trying to get him to the point where when the clone troopers come in he goes like i'm out and just rolls out he is the
2: slasher of this yeah there's that scene where they're fine uh by the monorails and then there's some monorails go by and he's there behind it yeah But, but like that when he's like shoot him down it's like Someone at the end of a Halloween movie, like the cops show up and they're Kill like him. Yeah, it's like take care of him, please. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he's a slasher, but I also really love his introduction. Cause he doesn't he doesn't just like come out guns blazing. Mm-hmm. You just you see him a few times. Or like yeah. he's like walking up or whatever. And like I remember one even even though I didn't really watch it one of the things i i saw like because this clip was sent around a bunch of times just over the course of our lives and stuff it's just that first scene where he's walking and you don't see the insides of him or anything and he's just like surrounded by his cloak yeah and it's just like it's almost like this uh it, it's how, a, how do i describe it it's, it's like, like, like a,
0: a bait and switch almost you think he's gonna yeah. be one thing and then he ends up being something completely different
1: you think it's gonna be like this Almost like a Dooku character, almost, where he's yeah. like this slow, professional, evil, almost assassin kind of thing, and then he just like rips the cloak open, and then he just has the arms. Yeah, that is so <laughs> And it's so like, oh, awesome. it's about to go down. <laughs> yeah, I, I love,
0: I love pretty much everything with Grievous in the show, because it really he's shows really that good. he is a monster. Yeah. He's terrifying. And it's what kind of makes him so underwhelming and just about everything else he's been
2: in. I, I was thinking that because I'm like... Wow, he can kill Jedi like, and obviously we know that he killed Jedi in Revenge because he has the lightsabers. But also, part of you is like, he got lucky, or he went after like Padawans or something like that. No, no he's going after Masters here. He's yeah. going after Knights, and like, he's he beat everyone he went up against. Yeah,
1: look, if you can kill Shaggy, you can
0: kill any Jedi you go after.
2: <laughs> and then he gets taken out so easily. <laughs> yeah, I
0: well what I find amazing is that he really is the one that his character is completely different in the movie and even the 3D Clone Wars show because like, you know, in what's the what's the first things we see him do in Revenge of the Sith? We don't see him fight with a lightsaber and has a bunch of droids around him to do his handiwork. And then what does he do? I need to go to the escape pod. Yeah. The one in the 2D1 yeah, he... is crawling on the side of the ship as it's going to the atmosphere going, I will take you down if I die. Oh, in that elevator awesome.
1: sequence where they're all trying yeah. to get away and from he's him. Running. He's running down yeah. the building. Simultaneously
0: <laughs> hilarious and terrifying.
1: Yeah, well, that's the great thing about it. Like, you know, like, it's funny to watch, but also if you're that
0: clone trooper, yeah. <laughs> you are terrible. Just before that, his introduction in that scene when Shakti and those guys go to, like, uh, save Palpatine. They're like, you know, you have to go with us. He's like, I will not abandon the city. And then just behind him, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted a slide Freaking whistle head. to play.
2: Like, just below it goes... <laughs> (laughs) So he shows up like that all the time. He just like bops into frame. And every time... He's just like, hiya. Every time there was a voice in my head that went... Hey, y'all, it's me, General Grievous, back at it again with another epic prank. I'm trying to kidnap
0: the Emperor. (laughs) I'm trying to kidnap Shiv Palpatine. I I love that, but once again, that's, that's a great example of this series taking advantage of the fact that it's animated. And I think what's cool about Star Wars, too, is that it is iconic. Star Wars is iconic, but it is such an iconic property that, weirdly enough, it's one of the only ones... Where if someone else takes their style and applies it to Star Wars, it doesn't contradict Star Wars. Like, nothing Hmm. in this is, like, not Star Wars. I would say this is one of the most Star Wars things, actually. To me, it it does a good job of applying someone else's take to an extremely iconic universe. It's kind of like, this is a weird example, but, like, you know, like, Square Enix does, like, Play Arts Kai figures and they're like oh like w- it's like what if we designed batman or we designed darth vader It's kind of like that, where these characters are so iconic that you can really apply any art style to it, and you still remember it being the character. I want to have a conversation about that specifically, because we're getting the anime Star Wars. Yes, I was going to bring that up. Yeah,
2: brand integrity is great, cool, whatever. It's what gives us boring movies like Rise of Skywalker (laughs) and Solo. I want (laughs) to see this. I want to see people with a distinct style and vision bring something new to the franchise. So I guess my question for you is... Um, what's something that you want to see, like, in the vein of Clone Wars brought into the franchise?
0: There's, there's two answers to this. There's directors with a style that could bring something to the movies that I think is sorely missing, and that's focusing on a different corner of the galaxy and really emphasizing what's there. You know, that's something that DC's kind of doing right now, where it's like, you know, we're not really caring about how this connects to everything else. You know, say what you will about the Suicide Squad, but that is undeniably a James Gunn movie. Well, and that's what I loved about the Fox X-Men was it's like, continuity, who's she? Right, exactly. But it's like, we're going to go ahead and do whatever we want. Matthew Vaughn being a great example of that with First Class. And I think that, I don't know, it, it, it's it's really wide open. I think that you really could take just about any style, whether it be anime, what they're doing with Visions, getting a bunch of really well-known Japanese animators to do it, or you just took a director who has a vision and let them do it, that's really all I need from Star Wars, because that allows people to show what they love about Star Wars.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I, I too, am kind of struggling to come up with an idea for this. But going off of that, I think one of the biggest issues is they try to put too much creative control over the people who are supposed to be creative in the first
0: place. Yes, very and much that, that.
1: That's what leads to a
0: bunch of the issues. with Frollo. Because I would have loved to see the like Lord. Solo. Good for you, man. We'll get to it. You know what? If <laughs> it's not the if, worst. If you like a movie that I don't, I think honestly it's good I'm just Fighting the
1: general brand integrity, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I
0: like. I was thinking too of like directors. I would love to see tackle Star Wars, and like I would love to see a Guillermo del Toro Star Wars movie because I think he would emphasize so much. Taika's doing one. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And he said at this point he's like, this Star Wars movie feels very me and that's a good that's, sign that sounds because great. that means he's going to do whatever he wants
1: yes okay i'd like to see like a not a modern nolan but like
0: 2010 nolan someone where t- he would come yeah. up
1: with something that's like actually interesting so jonathan yeah. nolan huh
2: so jonathan nolan no sure.
1: <laughs> i don't know who that is but sure brother. oh it's his brother who or- goes i'm here too Throw oh oh he's the Sean Gunn yeah. of the oh yeah but no, it's like how when people were like
0: guys Whedon's doing Agents of Shield and everyone's like oh cool it should be good it's like yeah his brother, uh,
1: oh Josh Whedon yeah no that's Josh the main character Schmieden. from
0: God's Not Dead <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that if anything uh, this show to me demonstrates like what was so interesting about. That period of Star Wars is that, you know, say what you will about the prequels, but they're undeniably what George Lucas wanted to make. And I think this is undeniably what Tarkovsky wanted to make.
1: I might have said this on another podcast, but I watched a video of uh, Sam Whitworth talking about that kind of thing once when he was talking about Clone Wars because he plays a couple people in the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He said, like, the thing about the prequel era is George Lucas wanted to tell a story that was much bigger than three movies. Mm -hmm. And so something that the Clone Wars, and I would say Clone Wars itself really presents well, is this idea of a much more rounded story that's inner through that, through those movies, to kind of like actually be the full presentation of what's supposed to happen. I even though like the Clone this. Wars doesn't come from him. But
0: yeah. I was re-watching the final season of the Clone Wars. It's really weird to have to distinct between the two. But the 3D animated Clone Wars, mm-hmm. um, I was watching the final episodes and there was a moment that kind of like hit me. It's the scene from Avenge of the Sith and they're saying I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi Order. Yeah. And then they stop that conversation and turn to Ahsoka and go, Ahsoka, can you report? For the longest time, I'm like, it's so weird that they don't mention Ahsoka like, at all in the prequels if she was such a big character in Anakin's life. Mm. But then the way that they interweave her story into that... And treat it. It just makes you start looking at the films a little bit differently. Like maybe yeah. we don't have all of what happened. This actually does a great example of that too, where we see a scene with Qui Gon Jen and a young Anakin. Qui Gon Jen and his huge nose. I was, his I was huge. When bony, Caleb was talking about knows.
1: when Caleb was talking about bringing live action characters to two uh, D, I really wanted to bring that in. Oh my god, because you don't That's so weird. His the only is it the only scene he's in yeah when he's talking to little Anakin yeah uh you only see his back for like a few seconds and then it cuts to Anakin's face and then Qui-Gon just his bends down into frame and I kid you not his nose is a fourth of his head size I I was comparing it funny it's like (laughs) if I were to put that nose
0: on Anakin's head it would be just about as big as his face and that's hilarious what i like about that is that it shows that there was some stuff that we didn't see we didn't see everything that Mm -hmm. was in the prequel movies which i think is a detriment to the prequels as a as movies but i think is an enhancement to star wars as a franchise see what i mean like if you only watch the prequels you go "Well, well i feel like i'm missing some stuff but then if you watch everything in between the prequels you're like Okay, I totally get it. This makes sense. Anakin's turn makes much more sense. It's still jarring in the third movie, but it's it's better because of all of this stuff. There's there's one other aspect of the show that I like is that there are very subtle moments of character development that I kind of love. First one that I can remember is when he becomes a knight and Padme like, sends him a little hologram. There's this image of him wrapping his robot hand yeah around that hologram and i'm like a Mm -hmm. that's foreboding because of how that ends yeah yeah. um b that's showing his possession over her and how that's kind of led him and also the fact that it's with his robot hand i'm like oh man that just says that just says so much he
1: kills her with his pain do you remember (laughs) the 21st night of september No,
2: this comes out on the 4th of September, Alex. Dang it. (laughs) Well, and in the first episode, right after he's like, the Chancellor kind of bullies the Jedi into giving him a position of authority, what do we hear? Imperial March. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of reused and repurposed songs from the movies, most of which I would say is just distracting, that's the one time it worked. Yeah. Because, like, it looks like a scene they would do the Imperial March to because it's all the
0: clones going on. But you have to remind yourself, it's like, oh wait, these are the good guys. Uh, the last one being when Anakin looks at Obi-Wan and says, like, you know, you're no Qui-Gon Jinn. And then mm. Obi-Wan looks, like, shocked. Yeah. And then Anakin's like, I'm just so sorry. And I love this little moment, just Obi-Wan puts his hand on Anakin's shoulder and says, I miss him too. Oh, yeah. It's so nice to to see that. And and then later on in that volume, we get, you know, Obi-Wan translating things and saying to Anakin, well, when you travel the world with Qui-Gon Jinn, you tend to learn a few things. And there's that little moment between them that's like this mutual respect for this person who changed both of their lives. Mm-hmm and them becoming brothers because of that mutual respect. The show, I think, very subtly did that, and it was great.
2: You know, that's something I do hope they bring. We, We see, again, is, like, small, relaxed moments because in all of the sequels... Everything is so go, 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 and everything is so high stakes that you very rarely, I can think of one time off the top of my head in Force Awakens where you get just kind of a down moment. And that's mm-hmm. when Ray's still on Jakku and she's like sitting down with her meal and then she puts on the the helmet. Yeah. Like that's like one of the, and man, I hope whenever they make movies going forward that they just give the characters some time to just chill. And like have breathe. those
0: moments. Yeah. You've, you've gotta, that's, that's the biggest thing that Star Wars to me struggled with recently was just that you need to give these stories a little bit of room to breathe.
2: I just, I'm curious before we head out, what's y'all's favorite? Um, it, it might be hard uh, to figure this out because we watched them all in those two hour chunks or one hour chunks, but what's your favorite like individual sequence episode?
1: Okay, so the one that sticks out to me as I guess as probably being my overall favorite would be uh, the Kid Fisto one. Oh, yeah, so good. it's so yeah. good. But then, like, my brain just will never escape the fact that. I appreciate humor, humor like way more than anything. And man, those clones jousting. I know I talked <laughs> about it earlier in the podcast. I don't care. It's
0: really <laughs> Two funny. Two words clone It's jousting. really <laughs>
1: funny seeing clones on speeder bikes with lances, okay? <laughs> I, I and there's absolutely <laughs> no reason for them to do it. <laughs> they just Weapons do it for a much they more civilized to. time. <laughs> jousts.
0: I have a tie, uh, probably between anakin versus Asajj because i just think that says so much about anakin but simultaneously says a lot about palpatine because you know they're like well, what if she can't beat him he's like it doesn't matter because this is all my plan if she dies mm. cool if she doesn't cool i i really like that i think probably a tie between that and then i would say uh Anakin and Obi Wan when he has the bag of bugs like that's that to me is just I thought about bringing that, that, is that one perfect. up perfect that's just that's perfect a great scene. to me <laughs> yeah
2: the the Ventress Anakin fights really good just really well paced very I had those action figures uh very Sergio Leone and how it's um Ooh, framed good and reference stuff. yeah and th- then I'd say my favorite is the Mace Windu one but I've already talked about that so I think the other one that I really like because it expands the lore is when they're in, when Barris, that's her name, right? Is making the, yeah, Barris Offrey. Yeah, is making uh, her lightsaber. Oh, and the then, crystals. Yeah. yeah that's a nice I just, one. I really like that. Because
0: I, that was the first time as a kid I ever understood that crystals were used. Yeah. You know?
2: And like, it's a whole process where you see it put together and then they have to defeat it. And I like how that ends with, um, you know, she's like, she is marrying um, Lumeria's moves the entire time. And then, all the rocks are falling. She looks over and she's like, "No, I have to meditate now." Like that is so Jedi to me.
0: Oh my like, god, I love absolutely. It. I was thinking about that, but you know what's so weird? The meditating moment. I was like, "This is great. This will probably be something Caleb talks about." Yeah, yeah. I even thought about that <laughs> while I was
2: watching. It. It's okay. It's not as cool as Mace Windu like going all Jackie Chan on some super bow droids. But
0: <laughs> well, I'm I'm really glad that you guys got some enjoyment out of this because I think that. If anything, this is a really cool piece of of Star Wars history. I think that it was a time where the franchise was fearless. And that I think that the things that were planted here just became so much bigger and expanded. I I think if not for this, we would not have the 3D animated Clone Wars. And I think the big difference between those is that they said, well, it's called Clone Wars. Maybe we should make it about the clones. Yeah, yeah. Um, In this one, they're just kind of all like... Hi, sir. Yeah, they're they're (laughs) still... It's about the Jedi. I shoot. (laughs) Yeah. What or do you do? I, too, shoot.
2: Yeah, and I'm really glad that you got us to watch this, because this probably would have just been something that slipped under the radar. I mean, it's in the Star Wars Vintage Collection along the Ewok TV show. No. Oh. <laughs> the Tale of the Faithful Wookiee. Like,
1: <laughs> Tale of the Faithful. Wait, what? It's the, what? It's, it's Is that something I don't know about? No, it's the
2: animated segment from, uh, from the Holiday Special. But, oh. like, it's really buried on Disney+, and that's a shame. Oh, God. Well, for good reason. No, I meant I meant that this is buried along with oh, those. Oh, okay. I thought you yeah. meant
0: Oh man, the faithful wookiee. <laughs> no, two words I've never associated with one another. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, so thank y'all for listening. Please rate and review us five stars, uh, because that helps other Star Wars fans find us, and us find other Star Wars fans,
0: allowing us to shoot up to the stars.
2: And you can always, uh, you can always get in contact with us, uh, whether it's by our email, Star Wars Therapy Podcast at gmail.com, or you can um, reach out to me on my Instagram, Caleb from the Real World. And you can find all my other podcasts there too. But I'm not going to plug those because I'm going to hand it over to you boys.
0: Uh, I don't have any social media at the moment because I am trying to take a break. But you, you are can subscribe a better man to me. Uh, yeah, it's just mental clarity, man. Mental clarity. Um, but I do have a YouTube channel that will have more things on it in the near future called Steven. It's spelled exactly how you think it is. Alex, what, do you, what, what would you like to plug, buddy? I don't really care about plugging anything, because, I mean, okay...
1: My Instagram is at underscore Alex Bryson. I don't care if anyone check sees out the hip hop in Instagram. No, but I, I was just gonna say, man, I did not realize we had an email account. What? I didn't either, <laughs> and I was like, I was just gonna play it off. <laughs> you can you can reach Caleb at that Gmail address. <laughs> I
2: will share it along. All my all my podcasts I have them. I never get anything from them. Um, I want I do want to plug something for you, Alex, and that's that you do have a Twitch.
1: And um, oh, okay. it's a very uh, yeah,
2: I really like whenever you do you know stream. my twitch username <laughs> uh
1: is it Stephen? it's just Steve Steve it yeah. probably should be stephen well, but because it's s t three p h e whenever s t three p o sure
2: oh yay <laughs> whenever I get the notification, I'm just like, oh, it's Alex, so I never pay attention to the username um. <laughs> But no, like uh, you do some Halo stuff on there. Um, I'm I'm sure you'll be done with Arkham Knight by the time this is over. But, you know, and because this is coming out in September, I am um, making a lot of YouTube videos at the moment for reasons that you don't need to understand. But we will have a video um, blackmail. We will mostly blackmail. Yeah, we will have a video uh, tying into this podcast. This is kind of a cross promotional thing. So if you do want to get more of us, you can head over to my YouTube channel. Also, Caleb from the Real World. This has been a lot of plugging. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) You know, but most importantly, we hope you have a pleasant day and thank you for being here.
0: Thank you for listening.